O that birth, forever blessed, when the virgin, full of grace, by the Holy Ghost conceiving, bore the Savior of our race, and the babes, the world's Redeemer, first revealed his sacred face, evermore and evermore. Welcome to Mid-America Reform Seminary's Roundtable Podcast, a broadcast where the faculty of Mid-America discuss Reformed theology, cultural issues, and all things seminary. You're listening to episode 113, and I'm Jared Luchibor. Thank you for tuning in. In these last remaining days of 2021, and as we particularly look forward to celebrating Christmas with friends and family, some of us are no doubt also looking forward to singing carols and Christmas hymns. Well, joining the podcast is Dr. Alan Strange, professor of church history, who will be taking us through a couple of Christmas hymns and helping us explore their theological depth. Well, Jared, it's good, as always, to be with you and your listeners the listeners and supporters of MidAmerica who enjoy these podcasts. We're very grateful for you. We're very grateful for you in this season that has just passed of Thanksgiving, and now we're in the Advent and Christmas season. And um, I'd like to take this opportunity to share a little bit with you about uh, the Advent birth hymn section, as it's called, uh, particularly of the Trinity Psalter Hymnal. I've had occasion uh, to share in various places some things about the Trinity Psalter Hymnal, uh, but not so much particularly here with our reader, with our listeners. And I'm happy to uh, start here uh, in the Advent season. I'm one of the general editors of the Trinity Psalter Hymnal, together with Derek Vandermulen, uh, a ministerial member of the United Reformed Churches in North America. I'm a ministerial member of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. And our two churches, I think most of our listeners would know, cooperated together to produce in 2018 the Trinity Psalter Hymnal, uh, which uh, in its sales have exceeded all expectations, except maybe Derek's and my expectations. We thought it would be a good seller because we really do believe, to use that language, it's a good product. And we're grateful for the many who have been blessed by it and who are using it. Um, we do know that it's not perfect. Nothing that we create is, uh, but we think that uh, we have a good hymnal there. Uh, let me just begin by saying, doing a little comparative uh, work here. Uh, I'm also the president of the Board of Trustees of Great Commission Publication, uh, or the vice president, we and the PCA switch back and forth between the presidency and vice president because Great Commission is a joint effort, just like I talked about the hymnal being a joint effort of URC and OPC. Great Commission is a joint effort of the OPC and the PCA. And Great Commission is the one who sells. You want to buy a TPH, a Trinity Psalter hymnal, you can get it through, it's marketed through. Uh, Great Commission Publications. I will say that we have run into the COVID difficulties and we are currently out. So if you want to order one, you're not able to do so, you can back order through GCP. And if your question is, do I have some private stash that I can provide you one with? The answer is no. Sorry about that. Uh, But um, uh, so GCP, of course, publishes before we did Trinity Psalter Hymnal, uh, before we were the marketer for that, 
we published the Trinity Hymnal 1961 and the Trinity Hymnal Revised 1990. And the Trinity Hymnal Revised had um, six Advent hymns and 34 what are called birth hymns. Uh, We don't in either volume call them specifically Christmas hymns for a variety of reasons, uh, one of which some of our users may not prefer that language. Uh, but we, if you're looking for those, uh, in either the Trinity Hymnal or the Trinity Psalter Hymnal, they're listed as birth hymns. So we have 40 total uh, hymns uh, for Advent or for Christmas or the birth hymns. As I said, six Advent, 34 birth hymns. And then the Trinity Psalter Hymnal, we cut that number back a little bit. We have more Advent hymns, though. We have 11 Advent hymns and 22 birth hymns. And I think the greater number of those Advent hymns, and that's the season we happen to be in right now while we're recording, uh, the greater number of those hymns, I think, reflect uh, the practices, particularly of the Reformed churches, Presbyterian as well, but uh, that uh, focus on and celebration of Advent leading up to Christmas. And so if you look at the Trinity Psalter hymnal, if you happen to have a copy of that before you, you would note that the traditional ones, uh, what might be called traditional Advent hymns, we have uh, 292, 293, 296. It's interesting, that's 515 in the Trinity uh, hymnal revised, which is to say, uh, how lovely shines the morning star is listed under the Advent section here, but it's not uh, listed in that same way in Trinity uh, Trinity Hymnal Revised. Uh, And then there are several more that are traditional ones that are in both of the hymnals. But the new ones, I want to just point out that there are four particular new ones for Advent in the Trinity Psalter Hymnal. Uh, and they're new, we might say, in a some in some sense, to the world. 294 and 295 are respectively in the Trinity Psalter hymnal, the Song of Zechariah. So it picks up that Old Testament theme that is actually cited in Luke's gospel, Luke uh, chapter 1, 68 to 79, and puts it to a, a, a tune by Asahel Nettleton, who was the great uh, one of the great preachers of the Second Great Awakening in the early 19th century. And so we're happy to have that Song of Zechariah there, as well the Song of Simeon, uh, which is from Luke 2, 29 to 32. So those two just lying right next to each other. And then if you turn, uh, if you happen to have a book, if you turn to 301, you get Mary's song, uh, the Magnificat. We have a particular selection from Luke 1, 46 to 45, and the versification of that uh, is Luann Schaefer. And Luann Schaefer was the music editor. Uh, she, together with her husband, Dr. Tim Schaefer, who was the musicologist, did marvelous work. And this Trinity Psalter hymnal, in no small part, is the sort of book that it is because of the work of the Schaefers on it. And we're very grateful for that. And then 302, a shoot will spring from Jesse's stump. Uh, and that also is from Isaiah 11, 1 to 9, a well-known passage, uh, to the tune Emmanuel, which is common meter double for those who like to follow these things. But the uh, composer there is Ann Burzma, 
and um, some of the listeners know, certainly those in this area, uh, the Birdsmas, who are members of a local URC, and we're very glad to have this uh, wonderful uh, new Advent hymn by Anne uh, in there. So just to point that out, and 515, uh, as I was noting there, 515 from the the Trinity hymnal, which is 296, How Lovely Shines the Morning Star, uh, reminds us that not all of the hymns having to do with waiting for the coming of Jesus, the Advent, or the coming of Jesus, his birth, Christmas, are necessarily in the section, particularly in the in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. For example, we have 268, which is 162 in the Trinity hymnal revised, of the Father's love begotten. And of the Father's love begotten is an especially beautiful hymn, as you can tell just by the title, and I'm sure many of you know this hymn. I'm turning there uh, now in my Trinity Psalter hymnal. Of the Father's love begotten uh, was written. It's one of the oldest hymns we have completely, uh, written by Prudentius, uh, who lived 348 to 413. And if you hear this, you you sing this beautiful hymn. It begins, Of the Father's love begotten, ere the worlds began to be. He is Alpha and Omega. He the source, the ending He. Of the things that are, that have been, and that future years shall see evermore and evermore. And then you can see in the second stanza, it begins, O oh, that birth forever blessed, when the virgin full of grace by the Holy Ghost conceiving, bore the Savior of our race, and the babes, the world's Redeemer, first revealed his sacred face evermore and evermore. Now, this is a hymn that particularly is titled in our books as exposing the deity of Christ. Uh, But you can see it's very much the deity Uh, of who Jesus was before. This is our Lord Jesus Christ, who Hebrews 13, 8 says is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he is eternally God. But in the incarnation, what we're celebrating in the incarnation is that he continues to be God and adds to his deity humanity so that he's God and man in one person. And this hymn is an ancient hymn, and it's been sung for hundreds and hundreds of years and gives testimony to that. Now, I um, had the privilege, and I've had the privilege of doing this uh, a couple of times, several times, uh, of writing on this particular hymn. The uh, New Horizons is the main magazine for the Orthodox Presbyterian Church. And I know some of you know it. You may get it in your home. Uh, anyone can get it. You can subscribe to it if you're not a member of the OPC. If you're a member of the OPC, you get it for free. If you're not, you can subscribe. Or you can go on opc.org and look at New Horizons. But every issue, it's a monthly. Every issue has in it a favorite Psalms and hymns little box um, about two-thirds of the way through usually. And it takes some particular thing from the Trinity Psalter hymnal. What the editor, Danny Olinger, is doing here is using this space in New Horizons 
to expose a variety of the settings and the hymns that are in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. So if you're interested in reading about that, you can go online and look at the New Horizons monthly, or or let me just share you a little bit what I said about Of the Father's Love Begotten. Uh, I say it's not the oldest hymn in the Trinity Psalter hymnal. That honor goes to number 258, Shepherd of Tender Youth, which is attributed to Clement of Alexandria around 200, but it is among the oldest, written by Aurelius Clemens Prudentius, uh, whose dates I gave you earlier, 348 to 415, who was an early church Latin hymn writer. He was born in Spain and enjoyed success as a lawyer in a civil career before becoming a Christian poet in retirement. So there's a little suggestion for some of you out there, perhaps. His poetry often had an apologetic edge to it, uh, opposing Marcion, the heretic who rejected, as he saw it, the wrathful God of the Old Testament in favor of the meek Savior of the New. That might sound like something you've heard people in our time speak about. Uh, and he also rejected uh, Arius, the heretic who taught that Jesus wasn't truly God in others. And this comes through in these hymns, this uh, clear statement about who our Lord is over against false teaching. And I say that these sorts of sensibilities are seen in the hymn. The first stanza affirms uh, the eternality of the Son as I read that. The second, as you heard me read it, speaks of the incarnation in which our Lord was born of the Virgin and first revealed his sacred face. I think that's just a beautiful line. That's a really beautiful line. And it's a great illustration, that line, of the marriage of biblical truth and heartfelt devotion that characterized the church fathers. Uh, The third stanza proclaims that this was all in fulfillment of the prophets of old. I would urge you to, to get and read this calling for the praise of our Lord Jesus. And the fourth stanza picks this up and calls for all of all of creation to praise the Lord in exultant terms, concluding with the fifth stanza, extolling the triune God, a routine occurrence in ancient hymns which were redolent. They were full of Trinitarian sensibility. And this, this causes me to say, to pause for just a moment, to say particularly in the ancient church, hymns that might come from there and the medieval church are very much freighted with a Trinitarian sensibility that sometimes is often lacking in more uh, recent hymns. And this is because in the early church, two of the particular matters that concerned them was coming to understand and confess together, as is reflected in something like the Niceno-Constantinopolitan Creed, to confess together uh, the blessed, holy, undivided Trinity. Also in the Athanasian Creed, you get a beautiful explanation of that. And as a part of that, coming to understand the incarnation, as I mentioned moments ago, how that Jesus is fully God, very God of very God and very man. He's also fully man in one person. And if you look at the 
or think about the first four councils of the church, Nicaea 325, Constantinople 381, Ephesus 431, and Chalcedon 451, what you see them really working out is this doctrine of the Trinity and this doctrine of the incarnation of who Jesus is as God and man. That was That's important to us, but a lot of our people are just not as sharp on this as they perhaps should be. And this is a good season, not just to be sentimental uh, and to think about presence, but to think about the greatest gift ever given, which is Jesus Christ who came into the world to save sinners, of whom any of us can say with Paul, I am the chief. And that of the Father's love begotten, though you may not think of it as an Advent or Christmas song, it's very appropriate uh, for that, something to sing uh, from the earliest church. So it's I'm happy to share uh, that article with you uh, from the New Horizon and encourage you to look at it. For example, this month's New Horizon. Now, I was quoting to you from, I should tell you where I was quoting, I was quoting uh, my article on of the Father's Love Begotten was from the October uh, 2021, so just a couple of months past the October 2021 issue. But in the December 2021 issue of New Horizon, the current issue, uh, as you might expect, it has uh, the description there is of Hymn 311, which is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And so uh, Carol Blair gives us a very nice little history of this. Uh, she mentions, of course, that this is a Perhaps the most well-known, uh, many consider it the greatest Christmas hymn. There's a lot of debate about this. But it's a Charles Wesley hymn, and Wesley wrote, well, anywhere from the, the low number you usually see is 6,600 to sometimes 10,000, you see, hymns. Uh, he didn't generally write the music. He wrote the words. So uh, this is a Wesley hymn, and the music... Uh, is adapted by William Cummings uh, from a piece by uh, Felix Mendelssohn, uh, Felix Mendelssohn Bartholdy. He's noted here. Bartholdy is, he was Jewish, right? But he became a Christian and quite authentically so and took that addition to his name to indicate that Christian commitment. So if you're interested in, in that particularly, you can look at the New Horizon and she, Carol, in her article, gives an extra stanza that is in neither the Trinity Hymnal Revised or the Trinity Psalter, and it ends, it's a fourth stanza that we don't generally sing, but here it is. Come, desire of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home, rise the woman's conquering seed, bruise in us the serpent's head. Adam's likeness now a face, stamp thine image in its place. Second Adam from above, reinstate us in thy love. Hark! the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king tune in next week as dr strange looks at once in royal david's city for more episodes you can find us on our website at midamerica.edu slash podcasts and wherever you listen to your favorite shows be sure to search for and subscribe to mid-america reformed seminary's roundtable i'm jared luchibor and on behalf of the seminary i want to wish you and yours a very merry christmas Till next time.